Welcome to Triangle 411, the pulse that moves the Triangle world today. It's a vibrant collection of stories, medical breakthroughs, what's trending, social good, events, and boundless other adventures. A conversation pit of comedians, authors, chefs, sports figures, experts, the common and the uncommon. Here's the host of Triangle 411, Mary Innsbrucker. It is time to vote, Carrie, North Carolina. You can vote right now, and you do have to make time for it. It's so important. Early voting is going on at Bond Park Senior Center and Herb Young Community Center. This is for the Cary Town Council District C election. And other elections are going on in different areas, but I'm talking particularly today about District C. There has been so much confusion about this election with changing of dates and redistricting and also putting the municipal election with the primaries. This is so confusing. Municipal elections for Cary Town Council are usually unto themselves, but we've been put in with the primaries. So we're talking about U.S. and state seats And that's causing some confusion as far as Democrat versus Republican. I'd like to point out that the Carytown Council District C race is nonpartisan. So we do not vote Democrat or Republican. We don't vote on things like abortion or gun control and those types of issues that have a party stance to them. We're more your everyday living, your water, your sewer, your parks, your taxes, those types of things. So something to remember that, you know, to really explore the candidates because it's not a Democrat or Republican issue. I myself am running for Carytown Council District C, and I hope to be the change people want to see. And to that end, I have been going out door to door, probably hit about 2,000 doors already, because I'm really concerned that I want my platform to be the people's platform. So I'm really listening, and I'm hearing things like people wanting balanced development with matching infrastructure, solid transit options, low taxes, low crime, workforce housing for our veterans, our seniors, our teachers, etc., and an environment that is protected. I plan to work on these and so much more when elected, not just for the good of District C, but for the good of all of Cary. I am endorsed by two people who have already served on town council and know what it takes, including Irv Portman and Marla Durrell. Yes, Marla Durrell of the Marla Durrell Park and a former Cary Town Council member who said of me, having served on town council, I know what it takes and I can assure you Mary Innsbrucker has what it takes. Other prominent Cary leaders are also supporting me, including Sheila Ogo, Alisa Kalapi, and Deborah Meehan. I want to leave with this promise. I will do this job with hard work, dedication, transparency, approachability, and strong, smart, kind leadership. I'm Mary for Carrie Innsbrucker. Innsbrucker's tough. So look for the only Mary on the ballot and the only person for this job. I like to share this kind of information on the show because knowledge is power. But some input 
like where to buy a flying bike or how to purchase New Zealand on eBay, is just confetti filling our lives and our spam folders. Well, here to talk about how to stop digital spam is Tom, our reoccurring guest and marketing expert. Welcome, Tom. Hi, Mary. Thanks a lot for having me. So, Tom, why is it that I Google something one day? This is, this is kind of scary. I Google something one day, and all of a sudden, I get emails and pop-up ads for it on Amazon or other websites I visit. That's a question I think uh, everybody has, and it's usually kind of a curse or a statement people make. Uh, you know, it's really tough because there's a lot of technology going on behind it. But I think uh, I, I think people have so much more power in their hands to to damp that down, to start really shedding some of that. Um, and there's just not a lot of avenues where where people can learn uh, what the basics are. But the answer to the question pretty generally resides in the word cookies. And I think people have heard the word cookies, right? So a cookie is... Chocolate chip? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> My favorite, by the way. <clears throat> and and uh, I would never vote to get rid of chocolate chip cookies um, or tracking cookies, I guess. But these are called tracking cookies. And a cookie, just think of it as a digital bit, a little piece of software, you know, ones and zeros, just like everything else in our life that is electronic, uh, digital, internet-driven anymore. Uh, a cookie is a little super small, uh, lightweight piece of software. And when you do emails and phone apps and web browsing, wherever you go, most likely, as soon as you arrive, they drop a cookie. Uh, and, and that does a lot of things. So there's a couple kinds that are very helpful, like Oh, we remember you were here before. Do you want us to remember your login? Uh, we'll load the page faster because we recognize you. Those are somewhat benign. Uh, tracking cookies, though, uh, and there's others called flash cookies, they follow you around. So when you go, let's say in your example, you Google something and you get a result, that cookie of what you Googled is now in your IP trail, in your address, your internet browsing, if you would. And you can go open something else completely, like Facebook. Facebook gets that cookie and they go, hey, uh, she was just Googling Bora Bora or, uh, you know, vacation or a Hoover vacuum. And they'll serve up an ad if a travel agency or Hoover or somebody is advertising on Facebook because they recognize it. So the cause of it is it's called a third-party tracking cookie, and there's others like flash cookies, but they're all in this world of third-party cookies. So I thought you couldn't sell my data, so how does that work? Yeah, it's a great question because, uh, you know, I was guilty of that myself for a long time in my career, and it used to be that. It's an old kind of construct out of advertising, I guess, in the pre-Internet days, where they didn't want to sell your name in a mailing list. And that's how it used to work. You went to a list broker in the 70s or 80s or 60s, and you bought a list of addresses and names of people so you could send them mail and fill the mailbox with junk. And there were a lot of laws prohibiting you know, the sale of the data without some kind of permission. What happens today is, and it's not like some grand evil scheme, but nobody's selling your data, right? 
So if I'm on Facebook when you sign the agreement or Instagram or Twitter or YouTube or uh, TikTok or just roll on down your favorite app, you, you know, when you hit that uh, agreement at the front end that we don't read, uh, part of that says, hey, we, we have your data and, and uh, we'll make it accessible uh, in these forms to advertisers. So nobody sells your data, but the fact I'm on Facebook and I willingly said, I'm a male of this age, I live in Raleigh, North Carolina, etc. As soon as somebody comes in with a cookie that said, oh, hey, Mary was just looking for a Hoover and she, uh, she lives in uh, Cary, North Carolina, bam, the advertisers that are targeting Cary, North Carolina, females, vacuum cleaner searches, they just share the data with them. So they're not selling it to them at all. And in fact, Facebook, Google, YouTube, all of these people, they're not in any business except the data and information business. That's how they make money. They make their money by advertisers, but their value to the advertiser, nothing to do with Facebook and why you and I love it and we're posting and commenting. It's all to do with Google, Facebook, and others getting your information uh, because then they can they don't sell the information. They sell access to your profile. You know, it's it gets on my nerves sometimes, but I have to be honest and say sometimes I don't mind it because it saves me searching in a way. It's like if I am looking for a vacuum cleaner and I've gone to a couple sites, now all of a sudden automatically other things pop up and give me comparison shopping. So it's not always bad, but it but if I just don't want it to happen. Is there anything I can do about it? Sort of by the end of our conversation, what you said is going to be very important. Sometimes we like it. I don't mind that the weather app serves up, you know, today's temperature or something, right, without me having gone through all kind of permissions. So towards the end, the, the question really becomes, did anybody ask you if it was okay? That's really the question. And the problem for today is, Nobody ever asked me, you know, could they share this or that or everything I ever did in my life that's in my profile. So what we want is we want a lot of control. We want the ability to say yes or no, and then you get what you, what you reap. The other part of your question is sort of where we opened up, which is there are things that people can do. And there's things that, that companies are doing. If you're an iPhone user, for example, you, you have the opportunity to have downloaded iOS 15. And in iOS 15, Apple issued something called ATT, uh, application, uh, uh, Apple's App Tracking Transparency. That's what ATT is. Uh, mumbo jumbo, who cares? Well, the reason you care is your telephone and your email, by the way, are also carrying these cookies wherever you go, right? So when I do something on my phone, specifically I open an app on my phone, Weather Channel, you know, uh, Twitter, whatever I'm opening it up, the phone is serving up an identifier. There's all kind of names for these files. It says, oh, it's not Tom, but it's 919-555-5555, my phone number, or something even more obscure. Apple stopped that, stopped doing that in iOS 15. And it has it's a massive issue to companies like all the social media platforms. They need that because mobile's the way most everybody's doing things. 
So when I log into Facebook, it's carrying all that data from all my searches I just did on Bing or whatever uh, along with me and what I interacted with on the phone before that and after that. And now Apple's not sending that anymore. So heralded by people like me who are big privacy advocates is just epically important. So, so that's an example of what a technology provider does. The, the one that gets you on the web is the same thing. And for many years now, uh, Apple's Safari browser and Mozilla Firefox, so people know Safari and Firefox, it's called third-party cookie deprecation. They've, they've suppressed that. So if you're using those browsers, they're not tagging you with that cookie wherever you go. Google has announced that they will end that as well. It was going to happen last year, then this year, and it's currently scheduled for the end of next year. That's one part of the equation, which is what's happening in that world that's helpful to you that you never even had a voice in. There is a ton that you can do, and I think that's the most important thing that, that people want to hear. Uh, so I'll give you a, a very broad example, and then I can give you one very specific one. The broad uh, example is, is not too broad, it's, it's broad direction. The broad direction is if you really want to reduce a lot of that, and depending what your views are on privacy or anonymity in your life, you're going to have to spend a couple of hours per major platform. Uh, you could spend an hour to two hours on uh, Google, on Facebook, on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, right on down. I don't single anyone out. But I'll take Google and maybe Facebook for examples. Either of any of those apps I mentioned, what people need to do is set aside the time and they need to click the settings button. It's either a gear in the upper corner or it says, you know, your picture, your profile, your account. There's always a settings and what people fail to do is inside of settings, there's a level below, oh, data, privacy, words like that. You click that and then you see a menu of four or five other things you can do. Where people don't spend the time, they'll go take a quick look and see a couple things, maybe turn something on or off, but it literally can take you over an hour and a half to do that. So an example in Facebook, if you go to Facebook, it's under settings and privacy. And then there's a menu choice called settings. And then under that, it's ad preferences. And under ad preferences, there's three. Advertisers, ad topics, ad settings. Uh, great thing about podcasts, if someone really cares, they can rewind and, and get those. If you just took ad topics, advertisers, or ad settings, you'll spend 30 or 40 minutes in Wonderland when you really start clicking all the way through. There's massive lists of every ad you ever clicked on Facebook, for example. It's listed there. They're very transparent about it. Here's all the ads you clicked. Then it's, here's all the companies that have access to similar data that this advertiser did. That means those are people that can target you if you ever go look at their ad. And you can turn those off. Click, click. And, and it's painful. You have to open it. You have to click the button off. You have to close it. Open the next one. When you go, you're going to find there's hundreds and hundreds in there. So when I first started doing this, I did it in waves, like 30-minute settings to clean it out. And, and all of them have this. It'll be the same if you go to Google. You'll like, be amazed at how many levels of the settings there are. You can say no to so many things. Just simple, do you mind if we track you? Yes, I do. Turn it off. 
instantly your life gets better. Less spam, less pop-up ads, less of this, uh, hey, I was just thinking about that. Uh, did Alexa hear me and serve me the ad, right? That's I how know, it feels. That's, that's so scary. A lot of people have said that, that you'll be talking about something and Alexa will respond or other or these other things. But, you know, and I appreciate you explaining all that. And I know a lot of listeners are going to take the time to do that. But What's a quicker fix? Because I know I'm not going to sit down for three hours per app and do this. Two avenues for that. One legislative, and I think we should at least talk about that briefly. Um, the other is spend time on Bing, Google, what, you know, Yahoo, whatever your search engine of choice is, and look up applications, browsers uh, that favor privacy. So an example. Uh, the browser is actually Chrome, Google Chrome. The browser is Bing, right? And that's my window to search everything on the web. There is one called DuckDuckGo. I'm not promoting it, it just I know it exists, right? I, I happen to use it because it's the first one I found. Well, DuckDuckGo is a browser that promises we're not going to track you. And not only that, there's three or four extra levels that they put in there where when you go... If I'm in the browser, not only do you search, but you put in, hey, I want to go to www.tom.com, you know, uh, uh, you know, and off you go. That's where they're intercepted. So the browser isn't the search engine. And on something like DuckDuckGo, for example, when you arrive at the shoe store site, they block any of four different things that they're trying to put in your, your trail, right, your history that track you around. That's one way to go. A lot of people uh, like VPNs, and it, it's kind of mumbo-jumbo uh, outside of business a lot. It's virtual private network. If you have, uh, oh, geez, um, any kind of a, um, I, I won't say they have it, but McAfee, Norton, Bitdefender, if you're using some kind of security software uh, on your computer, if you open it and actually go through the menu of what they have, a lot of them have a VPN, and it'll be free for like 30 minutes a day, and then they want to charge you. Here's what a VPN does. So much of the internet, phone, email, computer, right? Just phones or computers. When you do something, you issue your device as an address. It's the only way the internet can find you. You're glad you have it. That's how they find you. It's called your IP address, internet protocol. And it's some weird number like 12.434.442, right? That's, that's also being broadcast along with your cookies. A VPN bends that. So you're 12.482 here in Cary. If you have a VPN, what happens is it routes you through a, another computer called a server somewhere else in the country. Maybe Atlanta is very frequent here or Morrisville or something very close. And they reissue the, the IP address. So wherever you go to the shoestore.com, you're no longer 12.434. It's been changed through the virtual private network to some number that's theirs. And that reduces tracking. So you have to spend some time uh, searching those kind of things, but you can change your browser. Uh, you can download apps that promise that uh, they won't track you, right? And in fact, if you, if you uh, uh, in my Apple example, uh, this application transparency tracking, most people already had it. There's a setting on your iPhone, already has been for a long time, that says prevent ad tracking. Most people just don't take the time to go through the pain of going all the way through it. 
if you downloaded iOS 15 and that wasn't set, the first time you open every app on your phone, Apple serves up a message, and it's the one we talked about before. This website wants to track you, yes or no, allow or disallow, and you can kill it, and you can go back and change it later, but that's the beauty of it, right? What we want is choice, and I'll come back to legislative if you're interested in a little bit. Well, I was going to actually get into that in the privacy laws like California and the European Union. I guess we could talk about that right now, but before before we do, I just wanted to say, and I appreciate that you're you're, you're not picking on any one person, any one company here. It's like, and that's not our intent. Our intent is to give a broad overview and let you decide uh, as a listener where you go, where you don't go, et cetera. So uh, thank you for keeping it universal like that. So let's talk a little bit about legislation and California and the European Union. Yeah, so you've, you've cited the two that I would have referenced. So uh, thank you for that uh, preparation. Oh, another one that people aren't highly engaged in, but at least be aware of, I will say. So in, in Europe, they passed a, a, a broad set of uh, laws. It's the European Union called GDPR, Global Data Protection Rights, right? Boring. If, if we had some better names for some of the stuff, people might pay attention. Basically, that law, Europe has always been way stronger on privacy than the United States by a factor of 10, right? HIPAA laws have been in Europe. They don't even call it HIPAA. They just have laws against it before we even thought about it uh, by many decades. So the GDPR is legislation that basically says to companies, you can't track anybody without their permission. You can't use any of their data in any form, right? Forget without selling. Without going to three without hours permission. to each app. Exactly, <laughs> right. That's my solution. So California followed up with what I would say is a, a um, I don't want to say weaker, but it's a smaller version of that called CCPA. And in California, uh, that's a big driver. Now, here's the difficulty if you're a company. Uh if you're a company, the internet doesn't understand state boundaries or zip codes, right? So if if I'm on the web in North Carolina and I'm doing business on a California-based website, uh, they have to honor their law in their state. So that's where it gets difficult. There's 34 states right now and almost at all times that have legislation somewhere in a committee or in a garbage can around internet privacy. Uh, and it normally doesn't make it too far because there's a lot of vested interest in what, what happens today. It drives commerce. And I'm on the side of companies, too. I work for them my whole life. We're giving them the data. It feels a little slippery because it's somewhere in a big agreement we didn't read that we said okay. And they give us the ability to turn it off, though it's way down the click trail for you to go find. I think what I always advocate for somewhere in the middle is just ask me. You can ask me once and I can turn it off for everything and I'll regret that. To your very first point, some of it we want. It has made our lives better. I'm telling you, there's no question about it. The fact that it knew something about me makes my life better. So what we want is choice. And that's that's what the missing element is. Oh, yeah. And about that sale of New Zealand on eBay, in case you're wondering, it is a true story. A man from Australia tried to sell New Zealand on eBay in 2006. 
After 6,000 hits and 22 bids, the selling price for New Zealand climbed all the way to $3,000 before eBay pulled it from its site. So a lot of, a lot of site pulling it we're talking about today. All right, now for our nonprofit spotlight. Today we're focusing on the North Carolina Senior Games. In 1983, North Carolina Senior Games began with a vision to create a year-round health promotion and education program for North Carolinians 50 years of age and better. Today, there are over 60,000 participants and 53 local games programs that serve all 100 counties across the state. Senior Games is a holistic approach to body, mind, and spirit staying fit while enjoying the company of friends, family, spectators, and volunteers. To get involved or learn more, go to ncseniorgames.org. ncseniorgames.org. Well, it's time to high-five and say goodbye. I'm Mary Innsbrucker for Triangle 411. Today, dot, 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 be kind.